formerly 33rd and Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. 12 degenerates from Oakland compete to be the champion. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? We are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, you're looking at it. It's the Kamish, another solo podcast, because Mikey Mack tested again, positive for COVID. Nah, I'm playing, guys. Uh, Mikey's taking a little hiatus, get his mind right, sitting at one and four. We need Mikey bit on the ones and twos. But as we go on, it's been a weird year, so we must plug on. We must continue with the podcast Continue to give you guys some content leading into week six and breaking down what happened in week five. Now, be, that being said, um, I've, I I reached out to the league, said, hey, Mikey's like, oh, I don't want to do the podcast anymore. Um, I want to I retire. You want to retire on top. You, you, you can't really blame him. But um, we, we, we reached out to the league. I asked, hey, do you want, do you want a podcast? They're like, hey. Keep going. You know what? The weeks to come, if Mikey does come back, we'll make sure to do a little. We'll take the little podcast on the road. Maybe reach out, go out to Waldo. I think is a a possibility for next week. Get some call-ins from Galley down in um, New Orleans, uh, along with Dave. Since Dave got his degree in this, you would think that he would be a a, a more avid member of the the podcast of the Fantasy Lounge. But we continue. And let's break down some league news. Alright, right away, right off the cusp today, some breaking news when Twitter had a blackout, rolling blackouts across Twitter, um, across the country and across the world. Um, Le'Veon Bell signs with KC. Um, a little tidbit that you need to, you need to, I hope first off you didn't, you didn't drop Le'Veon Bell. Because that's just stupid. You knew he was going to get picked up, and you knew he, you would want to play with contender. And he goes right to KC, and it's like I saw on Twitter right away when it came came up. It's like it's pretty much like Patrick Mahomes is like Thanos, and he just added the last. I, I didn't really watch the movies. I'm not gonna lie to you guys, but it's like he asked the last last rock or uh, Infinity Stone. There you go, Infinity Stone um, to his hand, and he's about to take over the NFL. Go for that that uh. The, the next reign, you could say. But some something to look at, Le'Veon Bell needs to go five days COVID-free before joining the team. So he can't join the team till Wednesday. So I don't see him playing a role in week six or week seven, possibly. Um, I think he gets some run. They start working him in in week eight. Now, what does that mean for Edwards-Alaire? Edwards-Alaire, huge going into um, all fantasy drafts across the board. He was flying up the... The draft board for a lot of leagues to be a top three, top four. No, I would say top four uh, running back taken in drafts. The thing with I, I think the next he's gonna be fine for the next two weeks, and then when Le'Veon get, gets in week eight, you're gonna have some trouble. The thing that was concerning with Edwards Alaire is he had zero goal line TDs like inside the ten yard line, and that's why I see Le'Veon having a, playing a huge role going forward. 
I do think they split. I don't think this is going to be like Le'Veon's backfield. I do think Edwards Alaire is going to have a fancy value as a like a RB two, and you could do like I think it could be like the situation like that was going on in Cleveland where you could play Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb before Nick Chubb got hurt, but. As Edwards Hilaire owner, you're like in panic mode. It's like um, Ari from <laughs> from Atraj when he's when he gets fired, he takes his phone and just chucks it against the wall. So that's why I felt like a lot of Edwards Hilaire owners were. But the thing is, as long as Edwards Hilaire is healthy and Le'Veon's had some injury concerns already this year, I, I wouldn't say just to sell low on him right away. I would say stand pat the next two weeks. You you know you got a valuable starter. And then go forward from there. Go, moving on in league news, we move to the horrific Dak injury. You ha- you hate to see it. Um, I know they franchise tag him. They're going to have to franchise tag him again for the Cowboys. But as a guy that was probably playing on it, like with a terrible team, I would say a terrible defensive team. Their offense is sick, but they always go down early. You hate to see that injury go to Dak and thoughts and prayers or whatever to, uh, to to Dak to full recover. I do not see him having a problem coming back from this. Um, this year is just going to be done. I, he's still young. I see him. He's going to be not only fantasy relevant, but a uh, top five quarterback in the NFL for years to come. Now the question is, what does it mean for the, the Cowboys, this, uh, this top tier offensive system for for this passing offense. Um I first off, you we all know Andy Dalton's back and I'm I am a huge Andy Dalton fan. Uh the Red Rockets going to be slinging it. He is a capable quarterback. He's probably one of the best backups in the league. I do think Amari takes a, a little hit. Um Gallup takes a little hit. CD Lamb takes a little hit. But I do think this leads a lot more to them leaning on Zeke going forward. And I think this is like where Zeke's going to get those 20 to 25 rushes a game and really starts popping off. So people that are, I know in our league, Zeke's already been traded. But I think Zeke's going to be a major factor in fantasy relevance um, going forward. Moving on, we'll move to the AFC South. And finally... I, in, the, in the mortgage payment last week, I said, this is do or die for Dan Quinn. I bet the, bet the Falcons, because if they care anything about Dan Quinn, they'll come out and win this game, and apparently they didn't. Um, Dan Quinn's fired. Uh, the GM's fired. My main question is, what does this mean for Julio and Matt Ryan going forward? Um, this team, uh, since losing the Super Bowl to uh, the Patriots, has gone 24-29. and my, I think I don't say this year. Maybe at the deadline. I know it's a weird year with COVID, and we brought it up multiple times. But I do think this team's going to trade these players in the off season, or at least draft another quarterback for Matt Ryan. I don't know if you move away from Matt Ryan, but like what my my main my main thing is like what's the point of having a top tier wide receiver in Julio, and you're a shitty team, you know. You got to get some value out of there. You got to restock this their defense, their offensive line. Get more factors in there. Probably go out and get. I mean, Todd Gurley's been playing great. He's top ten running back right now. Um, but there's there's got to be a regime a regime change, and 
I don't think it gets turned. I, I, even if you bring in a new head coach going into next year, I just don't see – I think this team this team's plateaued. So I think it needs a change of scenery with some of their major parts. Speaking of a change of scene, change of scenery, you could say, Philip Rivers is a dinosaur. As as being a Philip Rivers owner in uh, two, uh, the past two years prior, I still clear of him this year. Even though he went to a Super Bowl ready team, I believe in Indiana, um, in Indianapolis, the Colts, he is abysmal. He's terrible. Since last season, he's been third in the league in turnovers, behind Jameis Winston, who threw 30 interceptions last year, and Daniel Jones, who was a rookie on a terrible team, and and their offense is banged up yet again, and a terrible team. It's almost like you have, like, why don't you just move on? I think Brissett's good. Why don't you just let Brissett play? Phillip Rivers isn't the answer. That team... Is still gonna is still gonna win the AFC South in my opinion. Yeah, I yeah, I would say they they have no con. Nah, yeah, no no contention in that, but this is like a first round exit playoff team. You know what I mean? And it, you're not gonna get it done with Philip Rivers, and I think that roster is ready to go to make a a deep playoff run. And just Philip Rivers isn't the answer. And last but not least, shout out to Kenosha's finest. Um, Melvin Gordon got a DUI on a Tuesday night. Now, there has been some things. I, I am sipping some red on a Thursday. It's a late in a Thursday to, to give you guys some content, throwing out a podcast, solo dolo. Let me take a little sip and cheers to the boys. But on a Tuesday, Melvin Gordon on a Tuesday during a pandemic when these guys should be isolating themselves is getting that messed up and getting a DUI. Now, I should have seen this coming. I've said this many times before. He would sleep on my couch um, religiously during college when he was like 18 at the time. And I would have to wake him up and be like, dude, you have to leave. And and I'd have to wake up Colin and be like, tell this guy to go as I'm vacuuming his feet. Um, but fast forward, what, eight, ten years later? What is it? Yeah, eight years later? Come on, dude. Get an Uber. Or, or you have enough money to pay someone to drive you. Where's, where's your boys at? But you're out. Hopefully, was out and about. You know, it would be hilarious to me. It wouldn't be hilarious, but it would be like almost like um, the chicken comes home to roost. You could say, <laughs> is if like Melvin Gordon tested positive for COVID too. Like he's he was out at the bars. Like I know Denver's not on one of the hot lists, so it's kind of opening up, and uh, he's out enjoying himself a little bit after. Um, Breaking some big runs against Trotta, even though he won against Lath. But if he popped for COVID as well, you know there's going to be some repercussions from the league. And it's it's a lot of question marks for Melvin Gordon going forward. And you have Philip Lindsay coming back as well. Maybe my boy Royce Freeman can get some tick. I've been down the Royce Freeman train pretty hard for the last like three years prior and never panned out. But come on, just be better. All right. That 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 uh, sums up about uh, some league news, uh, some some news around the league. You could say, keeping on that that same kind of mantra, I'm I'm gonna change it up with a segment. I didn't do deep sea divers this week because um, we already passed the threshold of the waiver wire acquisitions. 
And it was weird with uh, the the Tuesday night game, which I am kind of more into Tuesday night games than Thursday night games. I don't know if you guys were as well, but and it for me it was it was all it made the week shorter. I know it came off a holiday the holiday on Monday, uh, Columbus Day or Indigenous People's Day, or ever want to call it. But you got to rep my uh, paisan, uh, Mr. Columbus. <laughs> um, but we're going to play a game, Would You Rather. It's almost like a player swap edition. Since trades have been flying out, <laughs> out like COVID stimulus checks in April in our league, trades have been a, a bust. I'm going to go, name a player A and a player B, and you say to yourself, because I can't bounce this off anyone, I'm in my laundry room right now doing this podcast, to stay away from the dogs and Joey. So I'm going to give it player A, player B. You tell me which player you want to have. One might be a big name player. One might might not. Who knows? All right, we'll go player A. Player A, this player has 47 targets on the year, 36 receptions for 486 yards receiving, and one TD. Right now this player is on pace for 150 targets, 115 receptions, over 15... Uh, 1,500 yards receiving and four TDs. Do you want player A or do you want player B? Player B has 24 targets on the year, 21 receptions and 188 yards receiving and three TDs. He's on pace right now for 96 targets, 84 receptions, 752 yards receiving and 12 TDs. So would you like player A or player B? Now, you would say right away, when you when you list off the stats like that, even though you're kind of bouncing off the the TDs, uh, for player B, you would think player A with the production wise. Player A is Robbie Anderson, currently ranked wide receiver number seven, and player B is Juju Smith Schuster, wide receiver thirty one. Robbie Anderson was a late round flyer in in a lot of leagues going over to Carolina. He's he's been killing it with uh Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater. And, and Juju's kind of started off small, uh, s- slow, you could say. Um, Claypool had a huge game last week. He could have damn near had five TDs. He wound up with four. Uh, people are calling him a wide receiver one. I know he's a rookie coming out of Notre Dame. But Juju's off to kind of a, a slow start in an offense that's been pretty productive but spread the ball around a lot. So it's, it's a crazy decision. That's what I'm saying. You, you don't know which... Which we're gonna get? I know it's a it's a smaller sample size, but I think after five weeks you get a decent sample size to know what's trending going forward. Now moving on to the next player, the next two players. We got player A. So what would what what would you rather have? Player A, he has three hundred thirty three yards rushing, three TDs, nineteen receptions, and one hundred eighty three yards receiving. Right now he's on pace for over 1,000 yards rushing, 10 TDs, 69 receptions for about 590 yards receiving. Or would you like player B? Player B has had three, 376 rushing yards, 4 TDs, 6 receptions for 32 yards. He's on pace for rushing for 1,500 yards, 16 TDs. 24 receptions for 128 receiving yards. Now, player A 
wasn't even drafted. He was added in waiver wire acquisitions um, in a lot of leagues. Unless you took a deep, unless you're in a deep deep league, and you took a deep flyer on it, and that's James Robinson. James Robinson right now is RB number nine, compared to player B, which is Derrick Henry, who's RB fourteen. Now, of course, you th- you would think right away that it would be Derrick Henry all day. I know Derrick Henry only played in four games, and James Robinson played in five. Derrick Henry showed out last week, stiff-arming Josh Norman into the moon. But it's something to consider that James Robinson is a steady RB. You would say RB1, at least. I would say a low in RB1 going forward as the play. And it's like one of those things where you look at a name and when you set in your lineup, it's like, do I feel confident? And then you start looking at... Um, the projections through Yahoo or ESPN or uh, CBS, whatever app you use, and you're like, oh, I think projections are kind of garbage. You kind of have to feel the player if they pass the eye test and such. But I'm like, right now, like, James Robinson's better than Derrick Henry. And, like, who the thucky? You know what I'm saying? I know it's been a weird year. I've said it many times. I'll probably say it, like, six more times in this podcast. But something considered that don't be attached to a player's name be I be more attached to their production and really, really dive into the numbers, look at the analytics, and see what that player could do for you. Last but not least, we're talking about two quarterbacks. We'll go player A. Right now has nine hundred forty six passing yards, nine TDs, one interception, and two hundred thirty eight rushing yards and one rushing TD. Right now he's on pace for just over three thousand yards passing, twenty nine TDs, three interceptions. Rushing for 762 yards and three rushing TDs. Now, player B has passed for just over 1,400 yards, 11 TDs, one interception, and he's only rushed for 34 yards. He's on pace for 400 and let's say 4,600 yards. Yeah, 4,600 yards, 35 TDs, and three interceptions, and only 109 rushing yards. Player A. Is Lamar Jackson, and he's QB number 13. Player B, which has had an, a, a way better year thus far, is Derek Carr at QB number 8. Another thing, I don't think anyone drafted Derek Carr, in, in, at least in our draft or in other drafts I've been in. And Derek Carr, is, he's playing well. He is playing well with uh, this year, too, with Gruden. Um... For for a while, we didn't know if that was like really the answer for uh, the Raiders. But my main concern is Lamar Jackson don't look right. That offense don't look right. I think he's, I think there's something going on behind the scenes. He has been sitting out a lot of practices and stuff. And the main thing for Lamar, I mean, if, he, if he's got pace to rush for 762 yards, it's still phenomenal. But it's not near over 1,000, which he had last year, which was up. A majority of his production was being mobile and being on his feet. So that's something I know Lamar Jackson it, it was at least a top two round pick. You you kind of is it is it a miss? I wouldn't say so, but he's had he's had some dud weeks. Hopefully he could turn around. But Derek Carr is a viable option as a starter going forward. So that's pretty much would you rather? I know it was kind of. A lot of numbers were thrown at you, and you know the way I speak, it was probably hard to hear. Um, 
try not to stutter that much, and you know I'm terrible at math. But the main takeaway I would say from that segment, as you can see, is don't be attached to players' names. I know like other people that haven't been balling out yet. I mean, you haven't still got anything really from Devontae Adams after the first huge week. Um, Michael Thomas hasn't really done anything either. And we're talking about first-round draft picks or like late first-round draft picks. Uh, Chris Godwin's been banged up. Uh, Mike Davis has been balling out. I think that's uh, reassuring for when uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back that if he's if he's healthy, that he could have that same production. It, like Mike Davis is putting Christian McCaffrey stats up, so that's great to see. So I wouldn't I wouldn't panic as much on these these first second round players that you drafted that haven't been working as well and selling low on them. I do believe give them a chance to get back, um, especially with no preseason. We said it before with these these nagging um, soft tissue injuries that I think these these players are going to be ball out and they're going to be back to where they originally were. All right. So that was a little would you rather. Uh, moving on, we're gonna. I said we're gonna go. We're not going deep sea diving this week. Um, I I I must have left my snorkel gear and um. My scuba gear in um, a different car or at a different place. I might have left it at Trotta's, so I'll make sure to retrieve that going into next week, uh, this podcast. So we're going to do a little mortgage payment for week six. Right now the commission is 24 and 16 on the year. Last week was abysmal. I was 1 and 4. So... My bad. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. I just. There's nothing more I could say. That, that's on me. I'll take that one. I'll take that one on the chin. Um. I'll. I'll try to be better for you guys this week. But on the year, if you've been listening, been paying attention to mortgage payment, you're still in the money. You're still. I'm still eight games up. So I got six picks for this week. I got a little nugget on one. I got a little game of the week as well. Um. So hopefully. I get I get you back I get you back right you know what I mean I get you, I get I put some money in your pocket pay pay a cell phone bill I know water bill's coming up soon for us uh, Southside Oaklawners um, so hopefully we'll get you right going into Halloween maybe buy yourself a, a nice little costume I know people probably can't trick or treat so you could trick or treat in the house but let's um, let's get the boys some money all right mortgage payment. First, we're going with Chicago's very own the Bears, plus one at the Panthers, and the Panthers are minus one at home. I'm taking the Panthers. I know, I know. You, you might want to shut off the podcast right now when you you take the hometown hometown guy uh, betting against his team. But you know what they say: you don't bet with your heart; you you bet with your brain. And Teddy. Bridgewater is thirty-one and nine against the spread. Career. Let that sink in. Thirty-one and nine. The dude's the dude's a winner. Um. He, I might be playing Teddy Bridgewater every week on those odds. Um. You, you gotta love it. So I'm taking the Panthers at minus one at home. Moving on, we got uh, the Washington Football Team. Plus two and a half at the New York Giants. I'm taking Washington. I I just think Washington's a a better coached and better run team. Even though if Alex Smith plays or whoever else plays, if Kyle Allen 
is um, over concussion protocol. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I just think that Ron Rivera is going to get that team to win. And they're getting points. I, I, I might take them on the money line. But plus two and a half, I like that. If you can get it at three, perfect. Um, but I'm taking Washington Red. Uh, oh, I almost said the R word. Uh, Washington football team. That's a terrible name. They need to change it. All right. We are going next to the Browns at Steelers. Steelers minus three. I'm taking the Steelers. I'm taking the home team in this. I think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. I think the Steelers are a complete football team. They're a good offense. Uh, Big Ben is playing well. Um, their defense is legit. And I think I think the Browns are pretenders. The mere fact that the Browns were the seventh overall ranked team in the when ESPN put out their their power rankings is like asinine to me. But I, I it's like a prisoner of the moment. I know you have to put it out each and every week. And like Tampa Bay was ahead of the Bears, even though the Bears just beat them. Like it just doesn't make sense. If you're gonna be a prisoner of moment, then then do it. You get you can't do it on one on one side and then not do it on the other. But I think the Steelers. I just think the Steelers are a better football team. I think Baker Mayfield is garbage. I really do. Odell Beckham uh, didn't practice today. He went home with illness. Um, Landry's been banged up. Um, like we said before, Chubb is is out. But Kareem Hunt's been running the ball well. I don't. I, I don't think they could stand up that much to Pittsburgh's offense. And I think Pittsburgh's defense is better than the Browns' defense. So that's why I'm taking Pittsburgh minus three. Next, we, we stay in um, a team I'm going to pick from the AFC North. And that's going to be the Ravens minus 7.5 at the Eagles. Now, you're saying that's a lot of points, especially with the Ravens on the board. And I kind of just banged on Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson. But... I think when the Ravens play bad teams, they blow the doors off them. And I think this is a game where I just think their defense is good. I think their defense is very good. And the Eagles' offense is kind of lost, I would say. They're like lost at sea, like looking for a lighthouse. Um, Maybe if Alshon plays, maybe you can get some. Miles Sanders had a decent game last game. Zach Ertz is he's like Trey Burton right now, 2.0. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I do think the Ravens just work them. So we're taking the Ravens minus seven and a half. It's starting to creep creep up. It opened up at seven at seven and a half, and I I I got it in at seven and a half. It's moved up to eight. So it seems like um, Vegas is moving in the Eagles. I just don't believe it. I'm I'm going against the grain on that one. All right, moving moving forward, we got a great game. Awesome game to watch. I, I want to watch every every down, every minute of it, uh, these next two games. And that's Green Bay minus one at Tampa Bay. I think just Aaron Rodgers is just on a different level, and I think uh, Devontae Adams coming back, even though he want to play next week, I think he has a monster game. And Mike Evans kind of banged up. Chris Godwin was practicing. He's going to play. Um, Scotty Miller's banged up, but he really isn't much of an option. After Trotter would know because he put up a zero. But I like Green Bay pretty much at a pick them, even though they're on the road at Tampa Bay. And last but not least, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Bills. Bills getting plus four and a half. I'm not saying the Bills are going to win this game. And if I'm the Bills, I'm pissed. Because they were supposed to have Kansas City. Are like I th- Bills, I think, are 
are going to be in a playoff team. I I know the Bills are going to be a playoff team, put it that way. Knock on wood. Knock if you're with me. Um, but this could have like some deep playoff implications, and you would want to play the Super Bowl champs on a short week at home. At home. And then the Tennessee Titans, like we talked about in weeks prior, just ruined everything. So you so case so they're both KC actually had an extra day than the Bills did. And you don't play in my short week. It sucks. It's 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 a shitty situation for the Bills. But you're getting plus four and a half. I think they lose by by three. So so I'm taking the Bills in that as well. And I and I think it's gonna be the game of the week. I think it's gonna be a shootout. The over under is at fifty seven right now. I just I think they're gonna be back and forth. Uh, both balling out. So a little recap for you guys listening. I'll put a little bets on. We got the Panthers. We got the Washington football team, the Steelers, the Ravens, Green Bay, and the Bills. So that is the mortgage payment. So hopefully that wins you guys a little money. Uh, everyone likes a little money in their pockets. Uh, a little... Uh, Maybe order some food, a little Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever you're into. Now we're going to switch it over to uh, the two-minute drill. I brought my other cell phone in, maybe set the timer. I don't know why because I'm not going to pass it. But we're going to do a little two-minute drill action. Getting the timer set up. You know, when you do it on a laptop, it doesn't go as, as quick. I'm sorry if you're going to hear the... The noise of my laptop clicking um, the mouse as we plug along here and um, and hopefully make some picks. Um, while we're doing this, let me give a little shout out to Galley, making multiple trades every day this week. To me, I feel like Galley's like, I feel like he's he's lonely right now. Like he needs that contact with, with the boys. Just just like someone to listen to him on the other side, just to talk to him, just to text like, hey, do you want to do a trade? And then he goes into like about your life and asks you questions like that. Like that, I think that's his opener. Um, so wherever you are, hug that little dog of yours and I hope things get better for you, kid, out in New Orleans because some of the trades you made, oh, I think you kind of uh, raped Ricardo. 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 Um, raped, <laughs> raped Ricardo, but... At least Ricky Rax is uh, making moves out here, I guess. But let's go right into the two-minute drill. All right. Get the timer set. And... Go. All right. First, we're going to do I got a D-plus. That's Mr. Matt Channel. He's sitting at 2 or 3, eighth overall in the league. Versus Lewis, his team name is 2008 Detroit Lions at 0-5. Lewis is not looking good. Uh, Channel's projected 145, Lewis is projected 113. I'm looking at Channel's team. He's got Ridley, Lamb, uh, Brown, Matt Ryan, uh, Kareem Hunt, and James Conner, and George Kittle. I think that just does it in the cake, and I think he's got the best kicker in the game, and that's Blake and Schiff with uh, the rec specs that's rocking, kicking, making kicks from all over the field. Yep, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna, I'm gonna take channel on this. I think Lamar Jackson has a better game, and Julio does somewhat better, and he's starting Claypool. I don't I don't think Claypool has such a great game as he did last time. All right, so channel on that one. 
Moving on, we got Mike's football team. Another terrible name. <laughs> Based on the Washington football team. But here we go, Mike's football team. He's sitting at 4-1. and one. He's second in the league. First, uh, I, I don't even know how to say Gallagher's name. But he's first Gallagher. Gallagher's sitting at 3-2. I need McCarthy to win this game. Every time you count on McCarthy, he'll always let you down. <laughs> but uh, he's starting Mahomes, Parker, Marvin Jones, Nikhil Harry, Mixon, Mike Davis, and Mike uh, Mark Andrews. He's starting Chicago D at Carolina. The the acquisition of Zeke, I think Zeke kills. I think Godwin has a good day, good good game. Galladay has a good game. McLaren's got a good game. I'm taking Galley in this game. Dang it! But I'm hoping. But I'm rooting for you, Mike. Make me proud, kid. Next, we move on to Trotta, the Adams family, sitting at 1-4, 11th in the league versus the Wally Jeans. Uh, Mr. Mr. Oh, not even close. Uh, versus Waldo. Waldo's starting Andy Dalton, and he might be riding the Andy Dalton train. Uh, I said I was a fan before, but is I I would say I'm a fan of him outside of fantasy football because every time I start my fantasy, he always finds a way to fuck me. So, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I think he kills Devontae Adams, I think he kills. If Shark plays, might be the difference. And what does he get out of Antonio Gibson? Uh, the Tanya, the Tanya tight end from Green Bay. That I I don't foresee him doing what he did in weeks prior. I'm looking at Waldo's Waldo's team. I think Waldo wins. Sorry, Mikey. Riding the red rocket. Next, we got Simo Dallas. Uh, Kyler, the creator, versus Spot Star King. That's Andy. Andy's birthday's coming up. You might have some of that birthday magic. Um, Andy's sitting at 3-2, seventh overall. Wasim is 3-2 as well, and he's fourth. Kyler Murray at Dallas. He's going to mow. Um, Hopkins at Dallas. He's going to mow. Jeffrey, I think, he has a better game. Uh, I take that back. Jefferson from Minnesota has a better game. Tyler Boyd, maybe. Mark Ingram is trash. He's, like, droppable. For Simo. I'm looking at this and I think Andy's winning with Robinson, Woods, Higgins, Miles Sander, and he's starting Madison. Uh Cook's not gonna play. And I tried everything under the sun for since the draft to get him because I have Cook. And he's he played the game right. He he held it close to chest. I think he's gonna win that game. I think Madison kills. And I think Watson has a pretty good game against Tennessee. Next, we got Rico Cito, Mr. Ricardo, a.k.a. Lace Team. Right now, ninth versus Drake in my cup, which is Ryan. Battle the old college roommates with the uh, insurgence of uh, Ricardo. He's starting a little Ryan Fitzpatrick, kind of like the play against uh, the Jets. He's got Moore, Thielen, Landry. Defensive Landry's going to play. I think he still will. And he's got Melvin Gordon still in his lineup. He's going to be hurting. If he doesn't find another running back to help him out. Uh, Edward Solaire, I think, is going to be uh, very serviceable this week. I think Ryan wins this game. Goes to 3-3. Three and three. And last but not least, we got a dumpster fire of a game between me and Mr. Stoops, uh, Sir Purr, the commish for Sir Purr. I'm sitting at 3-2, and two, third in the league. Dave's 3-2, and two, fifth in the league. Both of us kind of need to win this week after taking bad losses last. Still don't have a kicker yet. We're I'm projected one seventeen point three two. He's projected one seventeen point four two. 
We're going to have a showdown. I had to drop Ryan Tannehill because the Tennessee Titans screwed us all, and I didn't know if they if they were going to even have that game, and I had them versus Josh Allen. So I need Josh Allen to ball out. I need him to have a great game. Mike Evans has got six TDs on the year in, in five weeks. Um, he looks banged up. Just please get in the end zone, get over like a 15. That's what you want from him. I'm starting Brent. I'm starting Brandon Cooks and uh, Fulgham right now. Um, it's not looking great compared to his wide receivers, my running backs. It get it, It's going to come down to – this is what it's going to come down to. What I get out of Singletary and Higby, I think. Um, if I get uh, production out of my running backs compared to his, I think I, I, think I win this game. But, you know, our fantasy luck, you never know. All right. That, that sums it up. Probably like five minutes, six minutes. I went a little after the timer rang. I just wrote it out. You know what I mean? Like I'm at the Oscars. They're just playing the music, trying to take me off the stage. And I'm still thanking God and the producer and my high school gym teacher and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just weird shit. Thanking everyone, their mother. I'm still just rambling on. So that's uh, the mortgage. No, the two-minute drill. Um, hopefully, one day um, this year we will... We will get through it in a reasonable amount of time, under the two minutes, but I can't make any promises. All right, last but not least, a little commission's corner, a little en- ending comments for the boys go- going forward. Take one li- last sip of red. I look forward to, um, if the- things don't pan out with Trotta, I know he's such a busy guy. Um, I know that that e-learning from home in your pajamas just really is just strenuous work teaching gym um, in a red robe. But I will be contacting some of the league members, uh, maybe go to the house, do a little segment to each guys that live in the area or give you a little phone in calls. Think you think get your get, get what you're thinking about different um, different situations, different topics and maybe uh get get like a community podcast going throughout the league. But I just want to I just want to say these remarks because people I feel like week to week have been freaking out about 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 the postponements about COVID who's uh, who's using IR spots all this different stuff. Um, my main thing is every league needs to be prepared for every game to be flexed or pushed out of the week completely as a fantasy owner. My major concerns are for the Monday night games. Because if a positive or multiple positive tests come out on like a Saturday or Sunday, that game could be moved completely. Um, I'm hoping as the season progresses, the idea of bubbling at a hotel might be a more feasible option since we're really running on the bye weeks. And I know that's a lot to ask for the NFL players to, hey, you're going to be in five months in a hotel and all you could do is go get food at delivered to a hotel and go to and from the practice field. And then when you travel, especially with family obligations and and whatever you need to do is is uh is productive family member. I mean it's a lot to ask during a pandemic, but when it's starting to get near like November, can you ask them? Hey, can you do like a month and a half where you do this? I mean, like we, people have done that for for work that work normal jobs. Like, hey, I got to do go do some training. Like, for me, I'd spent six months in Springfield. And it, and I had Mike McCarthy run my team. And I wish he ran my team the way he runs his team right now when he's 4-1, second in the league. But we didn't take last. 
That being that being said, I continue to stress: be flexible, be prepared for the unpreparable. You could say is this this COVID ridden season and this weird path we all on together continues to drive forward, and that's all I'm asking. So that being said, it's always great to uh, reach out to the guys, give you some content, talk a little fancy football. Even if it's by myself, I'm bouncing ideas off uh, some of my laundry right now and looking at some stuff I have to do around the house. But besides that, um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. We're going to get that one day, I bet. Um, Besides that, it's always good to uh, invite you to the lounge. Thanks, guys.